You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. I'm Mella Borowski, and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. Y'all know all our guests aren't necessarily witchy themselves, even though they have something informative or interesting to talk about, but not so today. We've got a forest witch with us today, and I couldn't be more thrilled. Deb Accardi is a herbalist and a teacher, a true forest witch, living at the base of Mount Hood in Oregon. In her business, Chicken Coop Botanicals, She creates tinctures, salves, and other remedies to heal the body physically and emotionally. And at the Moon and Seeds School of Herbalism, she teaches you the tools to do this yourself with devotion to the plant world. How amazing is that? It is so good to have you with us, Deb. Thank you. I look forward to our, our conversation. So I've never been to Oregon. I'm from South Carolina. Paint us a picture of life on the edge of the forest on Mount Hood. I am surrounded quite literally by cedar trees. Uh, My house, uh, every window I look out of, there is green. We definitely have some rain here too, (laughs) to be able to (laughs) enjoy all the green. But I have some very old cedar trees in uh, front of me, the sides and behind. We also have wonderful spruce, Douglas fir, Uh, And I'm very lucky. Um, We live in a home right next to my in-laws and they purchased this property in the 70s. And part of the parcel that they purchased has a natural meadow. And so our little property bets against theirs and we all share. We have a large, I married into a large Italian family. And so we all share in the property, although my husband and I are the only ones that live here permanently with my in-laws. So we look up at a forested mountain that every day when I go out and breathe out my three bits of gratitude of the day, I look up at that mountain, which is called Hunchback, and it's different every single day. Today, the tops of the trees are tipped white from some snow that happened up above us overnight but it's been a pretty mild uh, winter so far and um, so my garden is asleep but is definitely still little green bits are here and there which has been lovely for me to just experience what's coming up from the ground as well as the energy that comes from the trees oh that sounds so lovely and do you have animals i do This is probably the least amount of animals we've had (laughs) for many years. (laughs) Um, I am a fiber person as well. So I have had Mm. moments of raising Angora rabbits and uh, fiber goats. But right now we have two cats, two pet chickens as the raccoons um, decimated our our chickens earlier in the fall and so my heart hasn't healed so we have just two girls that spend a lot of time following me around Mm -hmm. and then we also have a rabbit that uh, began as a pet for our neighbors and saw all the animals over here and escaped and has rewilded herself oh wow (laughs) yep 
her name is Ava Bun Bun. Mm, <laughs> so cute. She just she loves to hang out with the chickens, with the cats. Uh, she created a warren, a rabbit warren, under our garden shed, and mm-hmm. she comes out for pets occasionally and treats. But she really just likes being her wild self and I look at her and just enjoy you know that wildlife through her yeah that's awesome my mom just got a rabbit the other day so she's had him in the past and she really loves them and she lives behind me I live on property with a lot of my family kind of like you uh my husband lives next door to his (laughs) (laughs) in-laws and I have goats and chickens so I love the whole kind of little bitty farm life kind of a thing yeah (laughs) just in case people aren't sure what it is would you explain your definition of a forest witch and whether this is the same thing as what one would say is a green witch i think that we each have the witch inside of us and um a lot of my adult career life was in the restaurant industry. We own restaurants. So I really felt that when we lived down in Portland, which is just an hour below us, that I was more of a kitchen witch. Mm. And moving up here and being in this forest and then hearing these messages from the trees, there was that transition for me. And I don't feel that I necessarily um, made the transition as much as the trees were like, you belong here now and (laughs) (laughs) we're we're making you dedicate yourself to this land. Okay. I feel, you know, I I have large gardens, um, both full sun, shade gardens, and my witchy plants are all throughout those, you know, the ones that are Mm. more for spell work than for herbal work. So I feel like the green witch is anyone who dedicates herself to the plants. And so, yes, I I could say that I'm a green witch, but the trees have really claimed me. Mm -hmm. Um, We live on the edge of a national forest. And so I, uh, when I go for walks, it's literally into the forest. And so, and I'm not the only one. I know of at least five women in my small community that also call themselves forest witches. Wow. And we just are in a very, the edge of, you know, of a rainforest and of a sacred old forest. And so mm-hmm. I almost feel that if you dedicate yourself to a witch's life, you don't always get to have a say in <laughs> what kind That's of witch true. you are. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> I love plants. I love trees myself. I was heartbroken when my dad uh, pretty much clear cut the property that we live on before we moved in. It was all pine trees and I said, he doesn't like pine trees. And I said, it's still a tree. It's still a habitat. I don't want all my trees gone. So I'm steadily, we've been here about two and a half years and I've, I've been planting my garden, planting tons of trees just things like that so I'm I I love plants I I would say I'm a green witch but there is one plant that I have always been drawn to and it's rosemary and it's the very first thing I planted when I moved here so do you have a special like plant ally or is this something that changes nettle was a plant ally of mine for many many years 
part of that was that I, at the time, I felt, well, I really need this physically because I had dealt with um, allergies and asthma for a lot of my life. But then um, moving here permanently, because we were here, you know, on and off. The house that we purchased was, we purchased from my in-laws. And this was kind of the overflow house of kids to stay in. And um, so we would come up and stay and we didn't, I personally didn't realize that once we moved here permanently and I slowed down, the messages changed that I was receiving and they were much more emotional and spiritual messages. And Nettle really helped me to heal the emotional side so that I could be able to, I, I don't have allergies anymore. I don't have any asthma. Mm. And then I didn't need her anymore. And so new allies came in. Mm-hmm. And just recently, I have gone through a lot of spiritual work and a new set of allies has come in. And one of those is Rosemary. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And so there are many plant allies that I see um I actually have an oracle deck that is spinning in my head this year involving all these plant allies. But Mm. the main ones come to me when I meditate and call in the directions. And right now, just within the last month, they have changed, which was quite shocking to me. I thought they would be (laughs) with me forever. Yeah. But Rosemary has come to me as a guardian of the West. And where that used to be nettle. And um, and now um, uh, from the south is motherwort, from the east is jasmine, and from the north is bluebird bay. And so these will be the, uh, the guardians and the allies that I'll start to work with much deeper this year. Okay, so that's really interesting. It really sounds like, and you've, you've kind of mentioned this, that if you listen, the plants and trees will talk to you. So for somebody that is having trouble with that, any tips on listening to the plants and trees? I really think it's about slowing down. Mm. Because even though I was doing, you know, making herbal products when I lived in the city, I was, you know, connecting to the ritual of witchcraft. I was still living a very busy life. And um, living out here close to the land, and this doesn't mean you can't have this if you live in the city. I think that there are many places, either in a backyard, uh, in a city park, or just sitting with a potted plant in your hand Mm -hmm. to slow down, bringing meditation into your life and, and training your brain to quiet and to let that busyness of a day go away that is when those messages seep in and they are very different for everyone Um, a woman that i worked with a few years ago uh, specifically for this kind of plant ally work everything came to her in song and she can repeat and sing these songs of her plant allies i've never Mm. heard a song (laughs) they are very much (laughs) statements to me whether I understand them or not and I Mm. can when I close my eyes and I'm with those plants I can actually see a visage of this person and other people it's just a feeling or it's a color it is as unique as each of our own experiences 
Yeah, I think that's important. Everyone's experience is going to be so different very Mm -hmm. often. So as you develop a relationship with plants, I know that honoring the spirit is very important. And sometimes I get asked about how do I cut a branch or how do I harvest this herb and still honor the spirit? Do you have any suggestions for that or insight? This is still part of that slowing down. I I mean, I've been doing this long enough that I feel like my intuition has really become very keen. But when you sit with a plant and you ask permission, most definitely, and I have been told more than told no, (laughs) more than (laughs) once. Um, And if you get that, then you have to accept that this isn't the time to be doing this work. Yeah. But when you have that connection to a plant, and I always tell all my students to start with just one plant. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean you can't work with other plants, but if you want a deep relationship with a plant, to start with just one and add from there. And often, like cedar tree is a grandfather to me, and I have mm-hmm. not been allowed to meet or work with other trees until he has made the introduction. And that can be the same in your garden. Mm. But once you really have that connection, and it might be one time sitting with a plant, or it could be over a year, they let you know. And so when I am harvesting a plant, I will sometimes get a message of, that's enough, you don't need to take any more. And mm-hmm. so that I'll take that back and, and I often will be, I mean, you know, sometimes I'm very specific of like with rosemary, I use that um, both as an infused oil and as a tincture. And so I, you know, I already know as an herbalist, this is how I want to work with this plant. But for other plants, I have to wait until they tell me how they want me to work with them. Mm. Okay. That's great advice. Yeah, it's it's kind of a it's a combination of learning the practical bits because there, you know, there's magic in nature, but we do have to know, you know, the the science as well, and then they combine together. I think that in this world today, everybody wants things instantly, and so even in witchery and in, in your spirituality, you want everything to come to you, and you want to walk through a forest and and hear the trees talking to you the first time you meet them and I think slowing down is is a really great tip yeah for everybody yes it's not an instant thing always no no and I don't think everyone realizes that it isn't a learning it is a remembering Mm. I had been up here full-time you know, working with the plants and with the trees and going through, you know, I knew instinctively that I needed to always put my hand on a tree. If we went to gather mushrooms in the forest, that I were lucky to have lots of edible mushrooms here. Mm. I always knew I needed to introduce myself to a tree. That didn't mean that I heard anything. I would just feel in my heart a swelling that I was accepted and we were okay to be harvesting mushrooms but I had a day after we've been living here for a few years full-time doing all this work where all of a sudden I realized I was talking to a plant and it was talking back and it'd been happening for a while oh wow it was such a normal thing to me and when I stopped and my jaw literally was hanging open (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh I did this all the time as a child 
to the point where my parents were like, there's something wrong here. You need to stop now. And so mm. I did. I just walled off that part of me. Yeah. And now here I am as an adult, you know, I was in my late forties and I, it came back. And once it came back, I, you know, it was a full swell of conversation. <laughs> <laughs> this land, um, when my dad was going to clear it, my husband and I came first and we were walking through it and it was mostly pine trees like I was saying but deep into it at least it felt deep it's not it doesn't feel so deep now that it's cleared but I thought I'd gone right. deep in the forest you know right but I found this um, beautiful oak tree and my husband was out wandering somewhere else and I just instantly felt a connection to her and I wanted to save her and I put all this yellow tape around it to make sure that nobody would cut her down and I would come back several times and spend time with her tell her our plans for the property and that I knew that my dad was going to cut down all these trees but that I I promised that I would make this a, a beautiful sacred place and I truly feel like she did communicate with me and um, I, I call her Auntie Oak and she's out beside my house now and it's just a gathering place for the whole family to come under. That's wonderful. And oaks are so magical. That's that's wonderful. Yeah, I've planted a few live oaks. Oh, and see, that's something that I don't have up here. We don't have live oaks in Oregon at all. Um, mm. And I've never been to South Carolina. I've really not been to most of the South. And I said something that's, you know, in my travel dreams. <laughs> but, oh, yeah but not having oak here is hard. <laughs> yeah, the live oaks are just amazing. I love their energy. I visited um, an oak tree named the Angel Oak on the coast of South Carolina. It's supposed to be one the oldest, if not one of the oldest trees in the Southeast. And the energy was incredible. She was huge. And the more love and attention that we give to those trees, the more they give back. And so mm -hmm. that energy is so huge because of that interaction. Uh, that's lovely. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned infusion, tincture. What's the difference between a tincture, a tonic, and infusion? Yes. So a tincture is something that you are, it's almost always alcohol. Okay. You can use glycerin, which is a natural occurring process of the, or kind of outcome of the soap making process, which is odd because it's something you <laughs> would eat. <laughs> and it's very sweet. It's a very sweet, thick liquid. And, uh, and so that you can use, you don't get quite as strong of a tincturing process. So I do use glycerin at times because there are those, the very young and the very old that shouldn't have harsh alcohol mm -hmm. and you might want a gentler tincture. Alcohol pulls out the most constituents from a plant. Mm. And so like with rosemary, it's very good um, to pull out all of those wonderful circulation um, constituents from rosemary. So um, it helps oxygenate our brain. But okay. infusing it in oil, like even olive oil, then you can use it on your body. And okay. so from a medicinal point of view, that oxygenating helps with hair growth. Hmm. 
circulating plant. And so if you have sore joints, you can rub it into your hands. Um, it's especially nice with fingers and I you know, will use it in a salve making. But it is also, especially if you have this connection to it as a plant ally, using it as an anointing oil. And so dabbing it, you know, at your third eye, at your temples, it helps you with that connection. And even drinking it as a tea, which is another water infusion. And so it is actually really great in that circulation. It's a warming plant. It's ruled by the sun. It is a great uh, one for an immunity plant. So helping warmth circulate through your body and prevent illness. Oh, that's wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Here's an herb gathering blessing that comes from The Garden Which is Herbal by Ellen Dugan. Now I have heard that if you are gathering healing herbs, to gather them in a basket that has a white cloth in it. But that would be up to you. Here's the herb gathering blessing. I gather this herb for a magic spell, bringing harm to none, may it turn out well. By the powers of earth and air, fire and water, I conjure up love, safety, money, health and laughter. By all the power of three times three, as I will it, then so must it be. One of the homeschool classes that I've taught at the museum where um, I am a docent is called Junior Herbalism. And let me tell you, it was always a sold out class. Kids love to learn about herbs and we would blend our own teas. I would teach them about the different properties of the teas that I had, the different blends, rose petals, and just all the different things. So what is a simple herbal project that since kids just love this so much that that even a, a child or a beginner could craft? Are teas where it's at? I think teas are a wonderful place to start just because they are so simple and all you need is the plant and water. Mm. And also with tea, it doesn't have to be dry. You can use fresh herbs. I often, once I'm in my full growing season, will go out with my teapot and then just pinch whatever I feel like is calling to me for my pot of tea of the day. Oh, I love that. That's a fun one with kids where they can just pinch here and there. And so if you introduce them to the plants ahead of time, quite honestly, sitting with a plant can be the best medicine, getting those messages. Um, and children can quiet themselves and listen to for those magic, med- you know, those magical medicinal, you know, messages from the plant. Another one would be um, to put especially with kids, is to introduce honey. Um, Mm. And a honey infusion is lovely. So a local to you raw honey and making sure, you know, warming maybe just enough so it's runny and then putting the herbs either fresh or dried in the honey Mm. and shaking that honey daily for at least a week 
and then maybe warming it a little bit and then they get to start eating that honey and it's a lovely way to oh, uh, yeah. learn about the plants that's wonderful i love honey infusions i recently made a cough syrup out of honey and onion oh yeah garlic is another really really excellent one mm so antiviral it's actually one you know eating lots of garlic right now yeah. is actually a really good one with the covid <laughs> um just to protect ourselves we're a garlic family <laughs> i love it yeah using just crushing up raw garlic and pouring warm honey over it and letting that sit shake it really well let it sit overnight and it will have uh, a lot of the honey will have liquefied and so you just eat a tablespoon or a teaspoon of that daily and you can pull out that garlic and use it for cooking or because of the honey it's great with a little vinegar and oil for a salad dressing. Oh, awesome. Are you a fire cider type of person? I am. I am very much a fire cider type of person. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and so that's the other thing is vinegar and and a vinegar infusion, you know, and you could call that a tincture. I mean, really, a what a tincture is is that it's sitting for a long period of time and mostly in alcohol. But with a fire cider, you can bring such ritual to this. You know, the basics of fire cider, of course, are raw apple cider vinegar and raw honey, and then they almost always will have onion and garlic and ginger and horseradish. Um, mm -hmm. cayenne pepper so it's all it's like the rosemary and I do put rosemary in mine so it's all mm -hmm. those circulating antiseptic antiviral but I love to add some fruit in there so whether it's Asian pear in the fall uh, or elderberries um, in the wintertime citrus you can make these you know at different times of the year with what's available right then the storage apples or you know as we're getting into the spring it can be those uh, more like the nettles making a green uh, fire cider to get your blood moving with the blood moving herb and um, so you can take this put it all together in your jar and you don't you smash them and chop them but they don't need to be pulverized completely you know the smaller it is the more contact it has with whatever the menstruum is, and the menstruum is your vinegar and your honey. But then the traditional way of this is to make it on a new moon and then bury it in your garden. And then on the next full moon, so a full six weeks, you pull that out and you strain it and then add more honey to taste and it is complete. Wow, I have never tried that. I've never tried doing it with the moon cycle. I'm gonna to have to do that. And I've also never put fruit in it. And I'm so excited because I recently planted an elderberry tree in my front yard so that I could have elderberries. So that is really exciting to think about. Yeah, I have a hard time getting my elderberries here all the way to fruition. Um, mm -hmm. And that I have young trees still. Um, so I often will um, use the flowers in the spring 
And then I have a dear friend who years ago, she's, they have, are a Waldorf family. And so part of their teaching with the kids was um, they had some property they wanted farm deferment. And so often in Oregon, people plant Christmas trees, but they created an entire elderberry plantation. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yes. And so um, I received elderberries uh, from them and it's it's wonderful i bet the energy there is awesome <laughs> oh it's beautiful <laughs> and they're a multi-generational family on their land they have two houses on the land like you do and like i do <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um, and so the grandfather is a beekeeper and now their youngest daughter is in horticulture school and I'm, she's going to be growing herbs starting this season for me. And so I'm working with her on that. She's learning beekeeping from her grandfather and then about the elderberries and, you know, caring for those trees from her parents. And I just, I really enjoy watching her path. She's, she's a lucky one, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this is my first elderberry tree, so I'm, I'm hoping that I can get it to live here. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like spending time, and this is where, you know, if you have land, I mean, not every herbalist grows their herbs, but right. if you are lucky enough to have that opportunity, really, um, you know, you get to know the plant allies by sitting with the plants, but you also get to learn what your role is in, in caring for that plant mm -hmm. when you grow it yeah. and watching it through the season and seeing, you know, you don't want to hover over it. You're not the helicopter parent, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you do notice when they need a little fertilizer, if they need to have some manure or they need some fish fertilizer or something that will boost them. And mm -hmm. often something that I learned I, I've been a gardener for my whole life. And so something I learned in my early 20s was all about companion planting. Mm. And it's so the relationship that plants have with each other is so important. And there's a great book called Carrots Love Tomatoes. Mm. It, I'm pretty sure it's either Carrots Love Tomatoes or Tomatoes Love Carrots, but I'm pretty positive it's Carrots Love Tomatoes. <laughs> and it's all about, it's a little book about companion planting and the different herbs and plants that like each other. Okay, wonderful. As a gardener, any tips for the coming spring as people are preparing gardens in some places? Yes, and in fact, I have um, I have a Facebook group called the Moon and Seed School of Herbalism. And I every Friday, I go and do a little live of garden tips. And I just started, for me last week, although I know There'll be a few by the time your listeners hear this, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to continue this through the entire garden season. Oh, wonderful. To help people get started. I've had a lot of people up here, especially because I am very lucky to live at the edge of a, of a natural meadow where other people have a lot more forested, um, mm -hmm. darker areas. And so I've been trying to, you know, help them with how, with growing tips. Really, if, you're just starting your seeds, having warmth, having consistent warmth of a seed pad underneath that mm. is so important and watering, but not over watering. 
every region has some wonderful uh, nurseries. So when there are plants you want to buy, always, um, you know, you Google nurseries, look to the ones that are in your region uh, first before, if you just can't find it in your region, then, you know, to branch out. But starting there, you know that those plants have already grown in the soil that is similar to yours and in the weather that is similar to yours. Because you and I, you know, might try to grow the same plant and each of us have different success rates with Exactly, that. yeah. <laughs> yeah. For many reasons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Citrus is very important to my mother-in-law. And so uh, finally last year, my uh, father-in-law had a heated greenhouse built for her. Oh, nice. And so she has her citrus plants in there and um, they're in bloom right now and there's tiny little lemons and limes on them, <laughs> but there's no way that they could survive. You know, in midsummer, yeah. we are nice and warm here. And so she has them outside in the summer, but, but I would imagine you would have an easier, you, yours would be outside much more <laughs> than they are for us here. <laughs> Yeah, I have my lemon tree inside. I was given it uh, six months ago, I guess, or five months ago. And um, it, it made a lemon inside. I have it inside a window, but I think I'm going to put it out when it gets warm. Yeah. The one thing about citrus inside, and, um, you know, my mother-in-law is always, we're all always, you know, cognizant of this here, is that they can get mites. And so the more air circulation they get mm -hmm. is, you know, so important to keep those away. I think mine's a Meyer lemon and I think it will grow mm. outside here in South Carolina. I love so I'm excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then you can put your, uh, those lemons into your fire cider. Yes, yes. I used it in some tea the other day. That one lemon, and we were so afraid to eat it because it, we got this one lemon off the tree and it sat there. And I finally told my husband, we cannot let this lemon sit here and rot that we grew just because it's right. so beautiful. Right. <laughs> we got to do something with it. So yeah, my mom <laughs> and I cut it and she said it was the best tasting lemon she's ever had in her life. And, and we put it in our wow. tea. And she just had it with hot water and I had it with hot water and, and honey. And it was amazing. Oh, yum. I actually am very lucky right now to have a few a friend from ours of ours from California sends up a bag full for the family to share every winter. Oh, wonderful. We are always, you know, just kind of, how are we going to use them today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we had for a side dish last night, uh, I had made some couscous with mm. a lemon butter and garlic sauce on top. And, oh, uh, and using that Meyer lemons just was really lovely. Yeah. Here's an idea for your potted plants. You can decorate your pots, whether it's small pots, large pots, indoor or outdoor, with any of your favorite witchy symbols, with words of power, with runes, sigils, and then use those newly decorated pots to plant your herbs or your special plants. And then you can bless them by saying this blessing 
that's in Llewellyn's 2018 Magical Almanac. It's in an article written by Monica Crossan called Earthbeat. Like the wise women, the cunning men of old, I will work my spells with these gifts of the earth to give comfort, to heal, to nourish, to give mirth. Bless these herbs with the power of three as I weave an earthy magic, so mote it be. So this is a question that I ask most of the guests, regardless of who they are, and it is, what is the most important thing that you have learned on your own spiritual path? I really think for me, it is the slowing down and how by slowing down and connecting to earth, to mother Gaia, it has enriched my life in every aspect. You know, my inner life, my personal relationships, my career path, it's, it is that. Yeah, that's so important. So you have a course coming up. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes, four times a year, I offer my moon and plant alchemy course. It is a 30-day course. I, we have closing ceremony tonight, in fact, for uh, the previous one. And this is a course where we use lunar energy and herbal energy. So we set intention on the new moon, and each week we work with the lunar energies to fully manifest and own that action we wish to take in our lives. So we meet on Zoom once a week for four weeks to do our ritual and guided journey work. And then we also adopt an herb plant and work with affirmations with that plant. And then once a week for four weeks, we gather for herb practicum and we actually make um, herbal concoctions together. Each of these courses, uh, we uh, make different herbal concoctions because it's based on the time of year. Okay. So the March Collective, we will be working with those early spring herbs. It'll fall over the holiday of Ostera. Um, and so it's about getting, you know, the blood moving again and moving, and which is so perfect for those, you know, when you have an intention, you want to bring action into your life. And so that movement will be really powerful next time. And if we miss the March one, you'll have it again in the summer? After that, I will be leading my 14-week um, level one priestess training. It is the priestess training for the herbal path. Mm. Dive deep into all seven planets of our closest planets and the herbs that are connected to those planets. And then when that finishes at the end of summer, I will uh, have the moon and plant alchemy again and then in late fall. Okay, wonderful. And we'll put links to all of this so that you can get in touch with Deb. But you want to tell us just how people can get in touch with you? Definitely. I do have a product line, Chicken Coop Botanicals. And uh, that is the name of the website. And then I, and there is a spot to mail me there. Moon and Seed School of Herbalism is where I teach my courses. So I like to keep them separate so that people that just want the products can find that but those that are ready to step on the herbal path have their own area and so there is moonandseed.org i also 
have my Facebook group, Moon and Seed School of Verbalism. And there's a lot of activity in that Facebook group that on Fridays, my, my garden tips during the season. And then on the full moon, I usually have some kind of free three-day masterclass to help people connect. So if you're not quite ready to um, take the course, there's always something free that I offer as well. That sounds just amazing. Thank you so much for being here, Deb. You've given us so much practical advice, just talking about, even when you were describing what it was like to live there, I could just see it in my head and almost smell it. I'm sure it smells just delightful. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like I could sit under that uh, that oak tree of yours with you. I could very <laughs> visually see your property as well. <laughs> I do love my oak tree, but thank you so much for, for being on the episode. Oh, thank you for having me. I would love to hear from you. What are you doing to honor the spirit of the plants and trees around you? How do you use herbalism in your life? There's a link. You can click it and send me a voice message, and it might even be used on a future episode. So y'all do that, and y'all be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell Book and Candle. You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.